Hey there, welcome to episode number 101. We are in the three digits of podcasting, two plus years into it. Where are you in your blended family? Are you at the very beginning wondering, how do we handle the holidays? Have you been at it for a while and you're wondering, how do we handle the holidays? (laughs) Blended family traditions take time to establish, just like all of the other norms do when you're coming together as a family. And that's what today's episode is all about. I'm answering a couple of questions that have come in in relation to not just navigating through or not just surviving the holidays, but actually how do we establish new traditions in our families? I'm so excited to welcome a special guest to the podcast today. So a special shout out to Michaela and to Stephanie and to Tess for going to stepfamilypodcast.com and scrolling down the page just a little bit and clicking on that microphone to send me a question. I love answering your questions. This podcast is for you. The Bold and Blended Stepmoms podcast is for you. We don't need to do this alone. It's too hard to do it alone. Let's not do it alone. Okay, so we're going to get into it. We're going to hop in, answer these questions. And if you'd like to be featured on the show, just head on over to stepfamilypodcast.com. Scroll down the page just a smidge. You'll see the microphone and send me your question so you can get featured on the show as well. All right, let's get started. Are you tired of all the double standards for stepmoms? Do you find yourself searching for answers on how to deal with imposter syndrome? You know, you're highly successful in many other areas of your life, but as a stepmom, you're anxious and confused. Do you feel isolated and rejected by your own family? Unsettled when your reality isn't matching up with your expectations and your self-perception? Is your biggest fear that your stepfamily battles are slowly destroying intimacy with your husband and impacting every other sacred area of your life? Hey, Stepmama, I see you. I know it's hard. I know that you're tired of all those double standards. And that's why this podcast was created with you in mind, so that you can stop focusing on all those things that are dragging you down and start using the power, the gifts, and the influence that you already have to embrace God's call on you as a stepmom. It's time to stop searching for those divorce lawyers. Instead, it's time to gain wisdom on dealing with difficult in-laws, outlaws, and exes and become an influential voice in your blended family based on who God says you are. Hey, I'm Jen, wife, mom, stepmom, Jesus girl, pickleball lover, chief encourager, and new stepmama friend. And I can't wait to get started. It's time to stop playing small and start reclaiming the boldness and the courageousness that God has already given to you. Welcome to the podcast. I pray that this week's episode blesses you, encourages you, uplifts you, and most of all, I pray that you know you are not alone. Hey, Jen. Something that I have often wondered about, especially since I've been married, is being a stepmama, how do I manage creating lifelong traditions and creating family memories that we can carry out throughout the years that remain constant while having the back and forth with us and without us kind of scenario? Could you help me to 
figure out how to manage that or how to create those family memories around the holiday season without overstepping. Hey, Stephanie, this is such a great question. So a couple of years ago, Bill and I attended a Family Life Blended Summit for step families. We literally took planes, trains, and automobiles to get to our destination. Well, each year, the summit sells t-shirts with important reminders, you know, the messages that are printed on them. Not just the logos, but something to take away and remember every time you look at the shirt. Our matching t-shirts have this message, difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. That Virginia summit was a few years ago, but those t-shirts are worn regularly by both Bill and I because, well, one, we like the shirt. It looks pretty good. And two, the reminder is pretty powerful. We know that in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we're told to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. So how do you trust when it feels like everything is shifting all the time? Let's walk out the proverb together. Okay, so this is you talking to your heart. Okay, are you ready? So first, heart, listen up. You've got some work to do here. It's okay if you don't know what it looks like or feels like to trust right in this moment. I'm simply directing you to trust that God has got this. Okay, heart, I know it's important to you, and I know you want to be in unison as a family. Let's decide to trust first, okay? Yep, I know, I know. Even though we don't know the outcome, we're going to trust that God's got this. Our whole heart, okay. All right, so now that you've bossed your heart around, you're going to have to have a conversation with your flesh. So second, flesh, you've got to flee. Now, it's pretty difficult to flee from yourself because essentially you're everywhere that you go. But we are called to flee from those situations that do not honor God. So those contentious shouting matches that we have with an ex, yeah, flesh, I love you too much to stay in this situation. So. We're going to stop those. And God reminds us that we simply can't flee or step out of those difficult situations in our own strength. So flesh, we're going to avoid relying on our own understanding. Okay, we've bossed our heart around and we've bossed our flesh around. And we are going to acknowledge that God, in all your ways, you are going to make this right. You are going to help lead us into establishing family memories without overstepping. I mean, really, I think it goes to the point of how confident we are in our role as stepmoms. And Stephanie, you and I both know that it is so difficult in the beginning because everything is, it well, it's off. We're not really sure about what the norms are. And here's the thing, you're a brand new family. So the norms, they're not there. Everybody is bringing their own idea of what the norms are. So the underlying theme of this whole podcast episode today is that there's got to be unity between the husband and the wife, that the two of you decide together what are the family traditions that are most important. And that way, there's no such thing as overstepping. It's you and your husband deciding together what is best for your family. Now, here's the catch. A lot of times we have ideas in our heads and we think that we have articulated them to the amazing men in our lives. And yet they don't get it. Okay. Anybody been there? Of course. I mean, this is, this is how 
true love works. There's a lot of misunderstanding in true love. One of the ways to ensure that our husbands are clear on what it is that we want for the holidays. Get this. Are you ready? Jot this down. We need to tell them. (laughs) We don't need to have them guessing. And we must avoid giving this long pretense of a setup of a story, you know, to put them in the moment, how we talk about who we talked to on the phone before we went to the store and we met this person and we thought about this thing and then finally get to whatever it is that we want to share. No. It is automatically upfront. Honey, I've been thinking about creating family memories around the holidays. And it's really important to me. Can we talk about that? And then shush it, zip it up, and wait for him to respond. And then decide when's a good time for you to talk about this. So you could just ask him, honey, when is a good time to have a conversation about the family memories that we want to create? And then schedule the time. Now, when you get to this appointment with your husband, it's very important that you know what you want. What is it that's important to you, Stephanie? What kind of tradition would you like to establish just for this year? Now, I know that you asked about creating them so they can remain constant and coming back to them year after year. But let's just start with year number one. Let's not overcomplicate this. Let's start with this year. What is it? Now, it's not quite the middle of November. So between now and December 31st, what kind of things do you want to experience together as a family? Okay, now to your point about you've got this constant going back and forth and the kids are with you and then they're not with you kind of scenario. Hey, regardless of what's happening in the other home, regardless of the traditions or the events, Decide what you want to happen in your home. And then, you know, after the holidays are over, that's something that you can talk about as a family. Hey, what did you appreciate the most? What did you enjoy the most? And then you can decide, well, how do we want to build on that? Okay, Stephanie, if you have any more questions, shoot me an email or catch me in the Facebook group and we'll continue to flush this out. Okay, next up is Michaela, and her question is similar to Stephanie's question, but there's a twist. All right, Michaela, hit it. Hi, Jen. My holiday question is about traditions. Sometimes the traditions that we hold dear don't stick when we pass them or try to pass them on in a pre-established family. So how do you let go of the dream to pass on those beloved traditions to your family and children? especially if you're in a family with only stepchildren and no biological children. I would also be interested in hearing of any ways to successfully pass on traditions in a pre-established family. Thanks, Jen. I touched on this a little bit when I was responding to Stephanie's question. Your family is new. When you come together, you are creating a new family. So especially in the first couple of years, it's really, really challenging. We know this. And that is why the divorce rates are so high for blended families in the first couple of years, because there's so much newness. So coming to a new family requires a new way of thinking. And here's the thing. We often come with the old way of thinking, or we say we have so many years of experience. And because we do, we think we're set to go. Like things should run pretty smoothly because we're so sophisticated. 
However, it does not work that way. Michaela, you asked, how do we pass them on in a pre-established family? I'd like to go ahead and reframe the question just a tad bit because I think it takes out some of the judgment of we should already have these things in place. Hey, 1 Corinthians 12, 26 reminds us that if one member suffers, everybody suffers together. And if one member is honored, everyone rejoices together. So I know that we all want to rejoice together. We want to get to the good stuff first. But we know that when we come together in a blended family, we do have some suffering that comes along with us. And we've got tons of experience that we bring to the table because most of us are older than our stepchildren and we have specific ideas on how we think things should roll. So how do we suffer together and rejoice together? Well, all too often we really want to steamroll right past that investment time of establishing new family norms. Michaela, you mentioned, how do we pass them on, those traditions on, in a pre-established family? It goes to the point that I was mentioning earlier in response to Stephanie, that technically you are not a pre-established family. You're a new family. You are in a new family creating new norms. So if we reframe the question just a tad bit, I think it can take some of the judgment out of, we should already have these things in place. And it reframes it instead with this spirit of curiosity and asks, what traditions do we want to establish in our new family? So I'm curious, you asked, how do you let go of the dream to pass on those beloved traditions? What makes this necessary to let go of the dream? Surely it's beautiful. What if you could keep the dream and be open to the implementation of it. At the end of the day, we remember not necessarily the order of events or the date that we celebrated an event, but we remember how we felt about something. Think about when you sit around the campfire and you swap stories. Those stories are shared because they have meaning to you, because they resonate with your soul, because you remember feeling a part of something, or because they shaped you. The tradition that you want to pass down influenced the woman you have become. I think it's our way of wanting to leave a legacy that someone gave this tradition, this beautiful experience to us, and we want to pass it on. And whenever we experience that tradition, we're remembering those people. But here's the thing. <laughs> the people that we're passing it on to likely don't have that same relationship that you do with the people you initially experienced a tradition with. So I'm, I'm thinking about a wedding gown. You know, there are people who want to wear their mom's wedding gown or their grandmother's wedding gown. And usually it's because there's some relationship there that the bride is desiring to bring this person into their wedding in a special way that adds beauty to them, that causes an experience, an emotion, a memory that's occurring while they're also creating history as they walk down the aisle. So I invite you to answer this out loud. Maybe even look in the mirror. <laughs> what is your dream? What makes it important to you to share this tradition? And what does it really represent? There's one important element in your question, and that is for you who have come into a blended family, and it's 
not just the first time that you've become a stepmom, but it's the first time that you've become a mom. So let me encourage you and remind you that you are indeed a mom. And the ideas and the creativity and the joy that you want to create in your family home is a gift to you. It's God's gift to you. He created you that way to want to make your home this beautiful place and space. So let me speak against any messaging out there that indicates that you're not a quote unquote real mom. What a bunch of nonsense. That's worse than the Grinch stealing Christmas, right? <laughs> so mamas, stepmamas, if you're a first-time stepmom and a first-time mom simultaneously, that can be especially challenging because you're working through your new role. You've never had this role before, and it comes with all these kinks and flies in the ointment. So that's where it's really important that we continue to turn back to Scripture and get the reminders that we need that God has already equipped us for the role that he has asked us to steward. So he knows, he knew way before you did that you were going to be in this family and he is calling you to use all the gifts that he has given you to create an amazing family experience. And yes, to create new traditions, drawing from your past experiences using the love that people have showered on you and you showering it on your stepkids in your blooded family. So let's ditch any false notion that because you come into a family without biological children, that having biological children makes you a mom. We know, we know that that's not true. Okay. All right. I'll get off the soapbox there. It felt a little soapboxy to me. Did it to you? <laughs> okay. You are loved and you are cherished by our Heavenly Father, and He's got you, sister. Hey, Jen, this is Tess. I've just been thinking about this, and I wonder if you have any advice for dealing with children and stepchildren jealousy. Um, we don't all experience the same gifts or the same opportunities, and the holidays seem to bring that to light. Any kind of insight? This is such a great question. Well, let's get real, shall we? Who does not experience jealousy? You do not need to be in a family with a four-letter word in front of it to experience jealousy. So sometimes I think, Tess, we just need to normalize the fact that this is going to happen. It's just that it happens in a tsunami of other events, and that's what makes it challenging. Like, when is jealousy among people not normal? <laughs> we all deal with jealousy, right? And in blended families, when we bring these kids together with those kids and call them our kids, it gets kind of chaotic in all the kids blending together. And jealousy is just a natural part of it that the kids are trying to figure out where do they fit. They might be jockeying for a new position. Their birth order may be different than what their blended family order is. And we know that your identity is somewhat tied into your birth order. So things are really shifting and there are a lot of questions. Maybe your kids have to share a room and they didn't have to share a room before. Maybe you're moving. If you think about all of the major events that occur, a lot of major events are squished together when you blend families together. Being aware that 
everyone comes in and they're, they're tentative. And it is important. It's such great insight that you have to watch out for signs of jealousy because it's really easy for the kids to get hurt. And again, they're bringing their normal experiences into this new family. And when things don't line up, they're more likely to act out. So here is the number one suggestion that I have. And this is a great suggestion, whether you're in a blended family or not. And that is to have regular family meetings. You know, I'm a tad bit passionate about the power of planning because it works. With the holidays coming up, we know that certain events are going to happen. So planning for those, having a plan, like what is the budget for the holiday, whether it's a Christmas gift, whether it's a birthday gift, whether it's a family vacation, what is the budget? And sharing the information with the kids. If you have a big family because you blended and now you've got a lot of kids, and I know you blended and had eight kids together, that's a lot of kids to take care of and to manage for sure. When you have these kids coming together for a planning meeting, what it does is creates an opportunity for them to share what's important to them by asking them for suggestions and ideas. Hey, Thanksgiving is coming up. Let's talk about what we'd like to do for Thanksgiving. Or hey, Christmas is coming up. Let's talk about what we'd like to do as a family for Thanksgiving. So uh, a situation to navigate might be present giving. So when you have a lot of kids, you may do a gift exchange, for example, with the kids. And you can come up with some creative ways where you can make a game out of it as far as who picks who. But regardless of what you do, the idea is create a sense of belonging. And because you're a new family, you will be doing new things. So if there are pieces of those new things that speak to what the kids like to do, that's going to foster this sense of unity and this sense of belonging. And really asking them what they think. And if they say, look, I think this sucks. Well, what makes it suck? I mean, let's get curious about it. Instead of trying to say, just deal with it, it's more really what's behind it. Like, what would you really like to happen for this event? Or what's making you feel this way? What makes this so important to you right now? Asking those what and how kind of questions. How would you like me to help you? How would you like to celebrate? It's a great question because it opens up the floor for the kids to be able to share. This takes practice for sure. It's definitely going to take a lot of practice, but I know you're up for a test. I know you can do this. Okay. Hey, in order to have a successful planning meeting, it's really important that you and your husband have a pre-conversation about what kind of things you actually want to accomplish in the planning meeting. Don't make it too long and maybe, you know, do it with ice cream or chocolate and, and make it a little bit sweeter. <laughs> All right. This has been so much fun answering these questions and they're real questions about how do we really blend beautifully together? How do we reduce the anxiety that we experience in our blended families so that we can actually enjoy the family that God has placed us in? If you're experiencing anxiety in your role as a stepmom, let's cut it out. Let's get clarity on what's most important to you so you can have a voice and regain control in your stepfamily God's way. Head on over to stepfamilypodcast.com and check out 
the 90-day workshop that's coming up in January. Get on the wait list right now. We're getting ready to set things up for registration for the 90-day deep dive stepmom survival strategies boot camp. You need this and I can't wait to be in the trenches with you. All right, stepmama, God bless you. You know, when somebody says something much, much better than you can say it, (laughs) this is the reason why you should join the Facebook group. I'm so excited. I love, I love, 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 love this group. And I love this podcast and I love everything that it's about. So I'm just ready to be open and vulnerable and honest and get some good feedback. And I'm ready for it. You know, Lexi's right. It is happening inside the Facebook group. Look, being a stepmama, it's not for the faint of heart. If you are listening, you already know that this is some tough stuff. Inside the Facebook group, there's workshop opportunities, laser coaching, and prayer. It's a place where we know that we have a responsibility to work through the things that challenge us. And we know that we can do that because God's word tells us to be bold and courageous. All right, stepmama, you are indeed a bold and blended stepmom. Get inside that Facebook group and I'll catch you next time.